This is Know It All, the ABCs of Education, a platform of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC, where we empower our listeners with insightful information about equity in education. Welcome to Know It All, the ABCs of Education. Listen in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern or at any time from your computer at blogtalkradio.com forward slash knowitall. I am your host, Allison R. Brown of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC. I'm a civil rights attorney with a focus on equity in public education. Keep up with me on my website at allisonbrownconsulting.com and be sure to follow Know It All at blogtalkradio.com. If you're tweeting, follow me at Allison R. Brown and tweet about the show with the hashtag KnowItAllABC. I am so happy today to welcome to the show Dr. Carol Dweck. She is the Lewis and Virginia Eaton Professor of Psychology at Stanford University. She is also the author of the book Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, which has received critical acclaim for its insightful look into the human mind and how we can achieve success if we adopt the right mindset. Good morning, Dr. Dweck. Thank you so much for being on Know It All today. How are you? I'm fine. It's a pleasure to be here, Allison. So I wonder if you would start first by just explaining for us the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. I'd be delighted to explain that. We find that people have different mindsets, children and adults. They can have different mindsets about their talents and their abilities. Some people, those with a fixed mindset, think that their basic talents and abilities are fixed traits. They're just carved in stone. You have a certain amount, and that's it. And what we find is that when people have this fixed mindset, they get hung up on how much they have. It limits their risk-taking and their perseverance and their potential, the development of their potential in the long run. But other people have a growth mindset. They believe their basic abilities and talents can be developed over time through hard work, good strategies, help from others. And these are the people who relish challenges, who who enjoy effort, who persevere in the face of obstacles because they're not worried about how much ability they have right now. They're concerned with growing their abilities in the future. So I wonder, first of all, why this book? Why was it important for you to do this research and write this book? That's a great question. I undertook this research because I think I had a fixed mindset. I had always been a a smart student, a really good student, and that became paramount to me. So I embarked originally on a program of research to study why people are afraid of failure and crumble in the face of failure while other people eagerly relish a challenge and roll with the punches. So originally, I think I was doing research on something that was very near and dear to my heart. Eventually, my students and I discovered the mindsets 
through our research. And at some point, it was my graduate students who said, you have to write this book. You have to write a book that tells people about the mindsets because they felt that these ideas had had an important influence on their lives and the lives of their families, and they just wanted that information to go out more broadly. So I did it. I heeded their <laughs> their call to action. I, I want to be clear that your book looks at several different areas. You look at business leadership. You look at sports and coaching. Um, I want to focus for now and for this audience on education and parenting. What does the fixed mindset look like in the classroom for children and educators? Yes. Uh, Children in the classroom who have a fixed mindset have one cardinal rule. Never look dumb. Hmm. Always try to look smart, but if you can't look smart, never look dumb. Remember, it's a fixed trait. You better look good if you value that trait and others around you value that trait. So in in their view, the worst thing is to look dumb. Many students stop working in school. Even many students who have done well in the past, maybe many students who have coasted along and suddenly it becomes difficult, often they will stop trying because they don't want to feel dumb or look dumb. Um, When students are in a fixed mindset, even effort makes them feel dumb. They believe that if you're really good at something, you shouldn't have to try hard, and that if you have to try hard, it means you're not smart. So um, students who have a fixed mindset may look in a classroom. Uh, They they may uh, not want challenges. They may... Um, uh, fold when something gets difficult. They don't take criticism. They might cry if there are red marks on their paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard to detect sometimes when students are doing well, but just give them some critique and see how they handle it. Now, what about a teacher who has a fixed mindset? A teacher who has a fixed mindset is someone who thinks they can sort kids into categories that some kids can learn and some kids can't and they tr- or can't learn as well or as much and they treat them accordingly. Research shows that this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hmm. Research also shows it's true of parents. Parents who have a fixed mindset and think their kids aren't good at something have kids who achieve at a lower level. Hmm. I, I want to read a quote from your book. I think that's, that is very powerful. Um, and I want to read a quote from your book that really kind of is in line with exactly what you just said. You write, I have rarely heard a growth-minded parent say, I am disappointed in my child. Instead, with a beaming smile, they say, I am amazed at the incredible person my child has become. So what does the growth mindset look like for educators and parents? A growth mindset is um, says that there is a journey 
that every child takes, we don't know from where they are now where they're going to end up. It's an exciting journey that we go on with them. We don't label them. We don't judge them. We uh, take every opportunity we can to collaborate with them and support them. Um, So kind of the sky's the limit. And research shows that when teachers take a growth mindset toward their students, many of the students that look like low achievers start to blossom. Some of them go to the top. Often when you see a student who's not doing well, there's something they don't get. They don't understand a concept. They don't understand what school is about or or what's expected of them. They don't know how to study. They need some um, learning skills or they need a growth mindset. Um, And often with that, with growth mindset teaching, and encouragement, these students really blossom. So growth mindset teachers and parents believe that there is unseen capability in every student. Their job is to help the students find that and then flourish. Growth mindset parents and students don't take test scores or IQ scores as indicating what their children are capable of achieving in the future. They may take it as an index of what the child does on that test right now, but not about what that child is capable of with passion and perseverance into the future. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there are quite a few... Um, constructs, if you will, that face redefinition when viewed from a growth mindset. And I'm thinking specifically of success and failure and mm-hmm. uh, ability and effort. Mm-hmm. Will you speak on that? Absolutely. Uh, the mindsets radically tra- transform the meaning of success and failure. First of all, in a fixed mindset, success means I did something better than others. It was easy for me, but hard for them. But if you make that your goal in life to always be something, doing something that, that's easy for you and always outshining someone else, you lose your way. The whole point in life is to make a contribution, to follow what you love, what you believe in, and to make a contribution. And that's not done by doing things that are easy or always trying to outdo others. By the way, we find that fixed mindset people in the business world feel that too. It's just about doing better than others, not about moving forward and making your contribution. If you go forward in a fixed mindset, At the end of your life, you have a million little successes where you did better than someone else, but it may not add up to something you value. In a growth mindset, success is about learning and improving, knowing things you didn't know before, getting better at something than you were before. And it's through challenges. 
in a fixed mindset, your comfort zone is something that's easy for you, something you know in advance you'll really do well at. But in a growth mindset, there's a different comfort zone. It's got to be something challenging, something you you haven't done before and that you really need your, to stretch yourself to do. We teach kids in our research, we teach kids that when they stretch out of, when they stretch into this um, zone of hard tasks, when they do something new and different, when they struggle, that's when their brains form new connections and they get smarter. In a fixed mindset, failure is when you do poorly at something. In a growth mindset, failure is when you don't go for it. Doing something poorly at first, hey, that's to be expected. You haven't learned it yet. But if you don't stick to it and become better at it, that's what upsets you. I, um, there are, I've noticed some consistent themes through your book. And I think one is that, you know, we need to change mindsets in order to see true success. Another is that it is quite possible that a change in mindset alone isn't enough. And you say that, um, I'm quoting you here, rich, educated, connected effort works better. All effort is not created equal. Yes. Will you explain what you meant by that? Yes. So in a growth mindset, success comes from effort, perseverance, good strategies, and help from others. But someone would be mistaken to say, well, then if a a student or an adult doesn't succeed, it's because they didn't go for it. It's It's their fault. And yet our society is so fraught with obstacles for students from underserved communities. Uh, They don't have the networks the more affluent students have. They don't have the schools the more affluent students have. They don't have the opportunities uh, that more affluent students have. So the growth mindset has to be paired with these greater opportunities. We're very excited. Our work on the growth mindset is being recognized at the national level and uh, by the government. And uh, there's a lot of push now to try to take the growth mindset um, to a more national scale, but also to teach teachers how to give students those opportunities. I want to tell you about an incredibly exciting study done by a researcher named Stephanie Freiberg. She went Mm -hmm. back. She was raised on a Native American reservation. The school on that reservation in the state of Washington was one of the lowest achieving schools in the state. She went back. She created a whole growth mindset environment that infused the schools and infused the communities. She combined the growth mindset with the tribal values of um, Mm -hmm. getting smarter, not just for yourself, but to help your school, your family, and your community. 
a year and a half later, the kindergartners and first graders were at the top of the district in reading readiness and early reading. A year and a half later, you said? Yes. And the third to fifth graders in this elementary school made incredible strides and were now, um, the majority of them were now scoring proficient in the various subjects when, in fact, uh, the majority of them had been way, way behind previously. The Basically, these Native students now believed that they were capable of anything, not because they were told they were smart, as we'll discuss, this backfires, but because they spent six hours a day doing hard things and growing their brains. Wow. I love that. I love that. And I might mention one more thing. That top of the district included affluent areas of Seattle. So it's it's amazing and wonderful. And I think it's especially wonderful to pair the growth mindset with the the tribal values and, and really valuing the children, valuing their families, valuing their heritage and where they come from and placing that in the growth mindset is is just very, very powerful to me. And it's that's, really that's, important because, you know, for many middle-class families, getting smarter in itself, wow, give me more of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But uh, not for everybody. And mm-hmm. everyone can, um, actually research shows uh, that everyone can, benefit from thinking about how this growth of their abilities will enhance their contribution to society in the future. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so uh, you spend some time in your book discussing stereotype threat, mm-hmm. and this is a theory that has been developed by Dr. Claude Steele and Dr. Joshua Aronson uh, at NYU. Uh, and, and the theory is essentially that African-American students who sit for a test perform lower because of the, stereo- the negative stereotypes that perceive that they will perform lower. So yes. they are burdened by the stereotype as they sit for the test and therefore don't perform well on the test because of those burdens. You know, yes. Zora Neale Hurston is, is one of my all-time favorite authors, and and she really kind of shrugged off the Jim Crow era um, Mm -hmm. and Jim Crow mindset by saying, you know, how I'm wonderful, and how is it that you could not want to sit next to me, and and you're lost, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's an incredible mindset. Will you talk about how mindset really fits into stereotype threat? Yes, I'd be delighted to do that. Stereotype threat occurs when students are reminded of their race, ethnicity, or gender before a test or before they're asked to perform. And it occurs when that race, ethnicity, or gender is associated with a negative stereotype. Often in the research, when the stereotype is not evoked, 
those students can do just as well. But when it is evoked, their performance is substantially suppressed. Think about it. A negative stereotype says it's fixed, whether we're talking about math or verbal skills. It's fixed and your group doesn't have it. If you're sitting there trying to disprove that stereotype or worrying about confirming that stereotype while you're taking the test, you just don't have all your resources to bring to bear on the test itself. Mm-hmm. Research is now showing that when students have a growth mindset, the stereotype loses its destructive power. Because you can sort of answer back. You can say, well, maybe my group has historically underperformed in certain areas, but these are learned skills. Maybe we underperformed because you had the stereotype, but these are learned skills. And with the dedication and good instruction, we can learn those skills. Joshua Aronson's research has shown that if you tell students before a standardized test that these are learnable skills, they don't show that stereotype threat effect. We have followed uh, females in calculus courses, and the ones who hold a growth mindset about math skills don't succumb to stereotype threat. Another very important thing that is emerging in the research of Catherine Good and of Mary Murphy and other researchers is the importance of of, of whether a student believes their teachers, their instructors, hold a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And believing that your instructor has a growth mindset also makes you less susceptible to stereotype threat. Hey, if my teacher thinks it can be developed, then this is not a threatening classroom. Mm -hmm. So speaking of of, uh, negative stereotypes and uh, grouping people by their their racial or ethnic or gender uh, background, will you talk a little bit about IQ and the... You know, brutal pessimism, as Benet called it, that that mm-hmm. can accompany labeling children with IQ. Yes, I'd I'd be happy to talk about that. Alfred Benet and his collaborator invented what we Americans called the IQ test. He did not think it was an IQ test. Alfred Binet had a radical growth mindset. He believed the most basic capacity to learn could be transformed through education, and that's what his work was about. He was just asked by the Paris Public Schools, make us a little test so we can identify students who may not be on track, who may not be profiting from the current curriculum. Then maybe you can help them get back on track. So he created a test. Americans took the test and said they were measuring intelligence. He 
he did not think his little test captured the deep, complex, multifaceted nature of intelligence. And he further went berserk when we started saying it was fixed intelligence that was being measured. He, in writing, he railed against this uh, development, but he couldn't stop us. And to this day, most Americans and most Europeans um, believe, and many people around the world believe that this test measures someone's basic intelligence. Um, the the important thing to say is that nobody and nothing can measure a child's potential to achieve in the future. That potential is unknown. Again, we don't know what someone is capable of with good instruction, mentoring, support, passion, and dedication. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate how you you use Alfred Binet and the IQ test to debunk the notion of inherent superiority. And, mm-hmm. you know, inherent superiority, whether it's intellectually or athletically or in terms of leadership or artistic ability even, um, you know, you really delve into that in, in every area and and spend a lot of time debunking this notion of inherent superiority. Um, and I think, you know, that, that brings me to bullying and mm-hmm. um, how, you know, mindset can determine the behavior of bullies and yes. the behavior of victims who are responding to yes. yes. Um, I just want to clarify first that I'm not saying that kids are all identical and that they all learn things as easily as each other, but that mm-hmm. I am saying that everyone has the potential to learn and you don't know from their current performance who's going to be uh, tremendously successful in the future. Bullying, mm-hmm. bullying, aggression in our schools, just a terrible, terrible problem. And my former student, David Yeager, has undertaken an incredible program of research showing that the mindsets have a really important role to play in aggression among adolescents in the school. Um First, we showed that students who have a fixed mindset are always worried about their social status. They're, if they're ever excluded or picked on, it starts a cycle of rage. Um <laughs> You're a fixed person who's a bad person. You made me feel like a loser. I feel shame. And this swirls around. We find even in, you know, upper middle class students, it hatches a desire for violent revenge. Mm. Um, We found, however, that when we went in, David created this uh, 
intervention program where he taught high school students a growth mindset about other people. Now, when he went into the high school, the teachers and principals said, why are you here? It's too late for these kids. Why don't you go help Mm. younger kids? Talk about a fixed mindset. (laughs) But um, his program taught kids that it's good kid, bad kid, that's meaningless. Everyone has thoughts, feelings, insecurities, motives, fears that live in their brain and that can be changed. He didn't teach them that change was easy or inevitable or that it was their responsibility to change other people. He just taught that everyone had the potential for change and growth over time. And he showed them how to apply it to the conflicts that they might encounter. Another group in the study got a fantastic um, program of social skills and how to resolve conflict, and it was wonderful. They learned it, they loved it, but it did not help them in these key peer situations when conflict arises. The group that learned the growth mindset was significantly more likely um, to become non-aggressive in school, significantly less likely to respond to aggression with aggression, and significantly more likely to respond to being excluded in really pro-social ways. So even this one this one program, teaching a growth mindset and how to put it into action, um, kind of took the sting out of, took, took away a lot of the motivation for aggression and took away a lot of the sting of aggression or rejection when it's directed toward you. David Yeager is now pursuing a program of research to see whether a growth mindset is actually the cause of bullying itself. Whether a growth mindset, a fixed mindset, did I say growth? Yes. (laughs) Whether a fixed mindset is the cause of bullying itself in the first place. That when you have a fixed mindset, Some people are winners, some people are losers. You've got to establish yourself on that hierarchy at all costs. And one way to do it is through bullying others. So this is a very, very exciting program of research, and uh, we're so looking forward to learning more about this. So is, is changing mindsets possible, and if so, what are some strategies people can use if they think they have a fixed mindset about something to change it? Yes, great question. The <laughs> first thing um, we have found is that um, the praise parents and teachers give to children can create the mindsets. We just published a study showing that mothers praise to their babies 
one to three years of age, predicts that that child's mindset and desire for challenge five years later. So it Mm. starts early, but it's never too late to change. And what we find is this. In our research, and we've researched a lot of different ages, uh, that praising children's intelligence and talents backfires. It creates a fixed mindset and makes kids afraid of challenges, and um, it makes it hard for them to cope with mistakes because they think the name of the game is always look smart. So this technique that everyone thought would raise self-esteem and, you know, set kids for life really is a negative practice. Kids who get more of this, intelligence praise and talent praise become more and more fragile over time. So what's the alternative? Our research has shown that focusing on children's process, the strategies they use, the effort they put in, the perseverance they show, the focus, the improvement over time, focusing on those aspects praising them, appreciating those aspects, encouraging children in those aspects, that creates and sustains a growth mindset and teaches kids how to engage in an effective process that will enhance their learning forever. So telling, um, asking your child, so how did you do that? Tell me about your strategies oh, I I love the way you stuck to that even when it was hard. Are there more things you could try now? Let's talk about that. Focusing on that process creates a growth mindset. And also modeling the idea that easy things or a waste of time, how boring, hard things, even struggle, wow, that's when you grow your brain and get smarter. So that's a value system that parents and teachers can encourage. Sitting around the dinner table, who had a great struggle today? Tell me about your struggle. I'll tell you about mine. What are we going to struggle with tomorrow? So rather than a struggle being a sign that you're bad at something and something you're ashamed of, It's something you're proud of. You're working hard to learn something you value. A growth mindset can also be taught directly to adults or children. The idea that working hard at something makes you smarter at it. The idea that persevering on something difficult grows your brain. We just did a study with the Khan Academy, the large online academy. Students who got growth mindset encouragement before the problems in a math unit, saying the harder you work, the smarter you'll be in math. Remember when you do a hard problem, it grows your math brain. Did substantially better on that unit and subsequent units, too, even when they weren't getting that encouragement. So just teaching the idea that the brain grows new connections 
when you do hard things and you get smarter at something over time is really powerful for kids. And finally, for an adult, it's really important. We all have a mixture of fixed and growth mindsets. I've been talking as though you're one or the other, but you're not really. You kind of have a mixture. Some areas you're more of one, some areas you're more of the other. But also, even in a given area, we can go back and forth depending on the situation. So an important thing to do is listen for your growth mindset thoughts. Your fixed, excuse me, your fixed mindset thoughts. Um, <laughs> if you ever hear yourself thinking, I'm no good at this, I can't do this, or if you hear yourself thinking, oh, my child isn't a math person, catch yourself in those thoughts. Just listen to them in a non-judgmental way. Over time, just listen to them, hear when they come out, and then start talking back to them. One way to talk back is to use the word yet. I'm not good at this yet. I can't do this yet. It just reframes it immediately mm-hmm. into a growth mindset thought and that it's not something that you're not good at. It's something that you can learn to do over time. Or or argue back by saying, if you don't make mistakes, you'll never learn. Mistakes are a natural part of learning. Uh, what should I do next if you're tempted to give up? We also find in a fixed mindset, when people see successful role models, they're intimidated and demotivated. This is work by Jenny Burnett. They're intimidated and demotivated by successful role models. So if you feel intimidated and demotivated because someone is better than you, turn it into a growth mindset thing. Ask yourself, what can I learn from them that will help me go forward? Let me get to know them. Maybe they'll mentor me. Maybe we'll collaborate and I'll be better off than I was before. So listen for those fixed mindset thoughts, and then after a while, start answering them back. That is wonderful. I'm diligently taking notes. (laughs) My my husband and I are raising two children. They are 10 and 7, and, you know, your book has really helped us to modify some of those fixed mindset messages we may have instilled in them, put in their heads from the time they, they were little. Um, and, and you know, I think we've seen a real change in how they even respond to us as parents and, and as allies, you know. And, wow. Um, being receptive to our messages in a very different way. Um, and Wonderful. Has, I think it has really grown the trust between us, so so that I think is just my testimony of how important (laughs) mindset is in just parenting alone and in every area of my life I know I have been very mindful of those fixed mindset, that fixed mindset gremlin (laughs) that pops up way way more often than I care to admit. Um, So, Dr. Dweck, for you personally, what have you been able to accomplish since completing this research and, and... Um, you know, maybe that you didn't think 
possible for yourself before? Well, just undertaking this research that was so new at the time, uh, the mindset research, it's something that I wouldn't have maybe risked if I wasn't if I wasn't um, adopting a growth mindset, which, by the way, I learned from my work. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that necessarily came naturally to me. I mm-hmm. developed more and more of a growth mindset because I understood its power. So even undertaking, um, even pushing forward with this research, once we had the ideas, took a lot of courage because it was new and um, anything new isn't immediately received with open arms. Writing the book, I had never written anything that wasn't for a scholarly audience. And I didn't really know how to go about it initially. But because of learning a growth mindset, I really I developed the skills and I pushed forward with it. Um, you know, I took that risk. And now I'm just, I have a new comfort zone. I don't feel comfortable if I'm not pushing forward with something bold. Hmm. Well, I wish we had more time. <laughs> this has been such a wonderful conversation. Dr. Carol Dweck is the author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. To order the book and learn more about the growth mindset, go to www.mindsetonline.com. And for more information about brainology, which is an approach to getting children and and helping children to acquire the growth mindset, you can go to brainology.us. Thank you so much, Dr. Dweck, for joining me today. A great pleasure. Audience, you are now officially certified know-it-alls about the impact our mindset can have on our success. Remember to follow Know-It-All, the ABCs of Education on Blog Talk Radio. Follow me at Allison R. Brown on Twitter. Find ABC on Facebook. And read my blog at allisonbrownconsulting.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week.